This GCN program brought to you by Frederick Remington. Fully cooked bacon, the thickest, meatiest, center-cut bacon in the industry. Available at fullycookedbacon.com. That's fullycookedbacon.com. standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg on the paracast this week we are back with a special guest co-host you like being a special guest co-host he's jay randall murphy now on last week's episode of the paracast we omitted the J, and i've been corrected about that omission right randall well i did mention it in our uh discussion afterwards yeah briefly it's uh, what i prefer for introductions but after that that's fine my uh dad his name was joseph and so is mine and actually there are a few people that call me by my first name and i've uh been that way for as long as i can remember so well uh thanks a lot gene for going that route today we can't call you joe though some people do most some- people know me as randall though well, some I people think- call me things, too, but I really can't say any of them on commercial radio. And that's one thing I want to talk about here. Fake news and hate. Now, obviously, emotions get high in any field where there are lots of differences of opinion. There's active discussions over at the Paracast forums. And we'd like you to visit them at forum.theparacast.com. And we have people who argue about ufos are they et are they interdimensional are they secret weapons or some combination thereof is it part of the multiverse lots of possibilities are debated very very active debates occurred with regard to ufo abductions so when we had dr david jacobs on the paracast oh a couple of years back the discussions got pretty intense they get too intense we have to sometimes tone it down over there in the forums. But emotions were high. When Nick Redfern wrote his book, Body Snatchers in the Desert, back in 2005, suggesting a human experiment was responsible for Roswell, they really went after him with a vengeance, a lot of people, because he would not adhere to the Roswell meme, which is, it involved a spaceship, They saw bodies of aliens. You get the picture. Then more recently, we see that Kevin Randall kind of recanted on Roswell, mostly saying he couldn't prove the existence of bodies based on the evidence. He couldn't say definitively it seems to be something from elsewhere. So we have to consider the possibilities. All right. So more and more people now, I think, are seeing that maybe Roswell is less than we expected it to be, or maybe at least the evidence is not as compelling. And remember that evidence didn't arrive until 30 years after the fact. So that makes it pretty difficult. Before I go on, Randall, what's your opinion about Roswell right now? Well, I think that we can safely say that at least we know with respect to Roswell that something did happen. Uh, in other instances, we have nothing but someone's word for it, or uh, we touched briefly on the Aztec incident. 
uh, on the last episode as well on how there's really virtually nothing. But with Roswell, we did have a genuine press release from the airbase saying that they had retrieved one of these flying discs and there was something picked up. I think we can be pretty sure of that, although we haven't actually seen the material. We've seen pictures of the alleged material. And then the combination of cover-ups and witness testimony and deathbed confessions and a number of other things. There's just too much there to say that nothing happened. So we know that much. I don't think that we can say it was a mogul balloon. Looking at case from that angle, uh, I went back and checked the weather records from the date in question, and the winds were blowing in completely the wrong direction from the launch point of the Mogul project in those days. So I really don't see how it could be one of those. Was it some sort of alien craft? That's a possibility. I don't think we can discount that. Was it interstellar? I'm not sure. I think we have to differentiate between the ETH in general and something interstellar. Basically, we have something that's not explained. Now, I understand that the use of the word flying disc may not necessarily mean what it does now, if you get my point. That in those days, they didn't necessarily think of that as flying saucer because this only happened, what, very shortly after the Kenneth Arnold sighting and very shortly after they started using flying saucer, for example. Oh, a flying disc may not necessarily mean what we think it means. That's quite possible. And it was used, of course, in the papers, and it became popularized by the Arnold sighting and so on. But the way that it became popularized was in the minds of the general population who began to view it as the most reasonable explanation for what was going on given the times. There was really not much other explanation for such advanced technology going on. And we were beginning to look at the space race as something to, uh, as a possibility. So everybody's mind was kind of on that. And then it evolved into kind of a common uh, concept that, well, it seems like that's probably where they're from. But we also have to remember that prior to that too, I, I believe we had the findings of Project Sign, well, more current, like concurrently with that. And they even, according to the, records that we have from back then from people who were there concluded that they were interplanetary as well so or at least probably interplanetary and at the time they were thinking maybe venus and of course sagan came along and disproved that but that doesn't mean that they may not be from someplace else something someplace interstellar seems to be the most reasonable explanation for those types of advanced craft from my perspective that doesn't mean we don't have other things going on though I think there's a a wide variety of phenomena that don't necessarily fit into the alien craft category. My point, and it's a point that I've spent more time considering in recent years, is that at least some of the early UFO sightings were not sightings of strange craft. They were sightings of secret weapons. In fact, my old friend Jim Mosley originally advocated the Earth theory. And, you know, later on he went to what he calls the three-and-a-half or four-and-a-half-D theory. But if you look at it, there's a possibility here that flying saucers may have been used as an excuse to cover a military experiment. So you say it's flying saucers. Most people may assume it's just something weird and ignore it. A few people may believe it's spaceships. But they certainly won't necessarily realize what it really is. 
So it might have been used as a means of disinformation. Doesn't mean there are no flying saucers, but that's one possibility. So oh, that's, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm seeing evidence of that. Now, just to point out here, a little bit later, Chris Rutkowski rejoins us on the Paracast. And he's also co-author of a book called When They Appeared, Falcon Lake 1967, The Inside Story of a Close Encounter. Now, the co-author of the book is Stan Mihalik of someone at the center of the story. So this is something that we're going to really want to hear more about because these old cases are more and more difficult to research because the people who were involved may be getting very old. They may no longer be around. And thus, getting the facts is more and more difficult. So certainly I want to see what Chris has to say about that and see where this case stands in the pecking order. There you go. Now, before I mention fake news and hate news, and I'll just mention this very briefly, as you know, some people out there stalk other people and write hate speech about them. And, you know, they'll take something that may be superficially factual and they'll embellish it and they'll make it worse. And I see that, you know. I've seen that for me for the past few years for a lot of reasons. And I assume anyone who gets in the public eye encounters that. In the old days, I used to work for AOL, by the way, as a forum leader. And boy, I had to take a lot of online abuse as a result of that. Just trying to get a paycheck, have some fun, and they went crazy. But nowadays, when they do this kind of hate speech, it's nothing more than fake news. And if you see it, don't feed it. Ignore it. If you ignore it, maybe they'll go away. Chris Rutkowski is joining us shortly. Jay Randall Murphy is my guest co-host this week. You're in The Paragast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE 
for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Do you know what's lurking in your water? More than 200 contaminants could be sitting there just waiting for your glass. With a ProPure water filter, start enjoying clean and great tasting water today. ProPure filters, independently tested, latest water filter technology. ProPure systems do not require electricity and are easy to set up and easy to use. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. This is Elizabeth McCabe, a.k.a. Lucky One of True Frequency News. I wanted to tell you all about Extendivite from HeartDrop.com. Y'all know I check everything before I air it. When I heard about Extendivite on TFR, I went to HeartDrop.com and started my research. It's got cayenne. That's good for blood and circulation. It stimulates the blood flow. It's got garlic, which fights bacteria like antibiotics, and it lowers the cholesterol and blood pressure. It also has milk thistle, which is the best detox for liver. I couldn't wait to try it out, and I'm glad I did four months ago. And here's obvious results. My hands and feet don't get cold anymore. The varicose veins have faded too. My wrists don't hurt after typing all day. Now I tell you all this because it's true and I want you to really live life. Try Extendivite. Go to heartdrop.com and order it. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Yesterday, I got a call from the IRS. They say I owe them over $16,000. I don't have that kind of money. Don't try to fight the IRS on your own. Use Coast One Financial Group and let them help you get a fresh start. If you owe at least $10,000 in back taxes, call now for a free and confidential tax debt analysis. Call Coast One now for a free consultation at 800-643-4661 now. 800-643-4661. That's 800-643-4661. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Chris O'Brien's on special assignment once again. And so we have J. Randall Murphy joining us and on this episode of the Paracast, the Canadians have taken over. We've got Randall and we've got Chris Rutkowski, sometimes known as Ming the Merciless. Chris. Hello. I will ask him to do the voice later. Later, yeah. yeah. Are they doing a news Flash Gordon film? I, I, I don't know. I, I actually haven't heard. It would be about time. They have Flash Gordon TV show on for maybe a year, I think with Sci-Fi Channel. And they had him, instead of going to another planet, he went to the planet Mongo through a dimensional portal. Well, I can understand uh, some of the the earlier stuff was uh, pretty wacky, so why not? Well, some of those features, some of the spaceships were downright absurd. But they looked like horizontal rocket ships. And, of course, they kicked out smoke. Yeah. And that was about it. Well, Grade B sci-fi stuff. Though, I, I, matter of fact, I picked up an old 
DVD set with about five or six of them on there. And you can really see how the later sci-fi series like Star Trek actually developed and evolved out of them. You've got the the viewing screens on the wall and the captain's chair and the science stations and so on. And it's all in black and white. And of course, the, the rocket, like you say, Gene, goes across the on a wire with smoke coming out of the back. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, they were they were as real to me as the uh, plastic and, and plasticine dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, those things are a lot of fun to watch some of those things uh, in retrospect, uh, because they really, like you say, they set the pace, they set the tone for a lot of what was to come. And they continued using that kind of rocket ship through the early 50s in some of the movie serials. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, we had Republic Pictures at the time. They had decent flying scenes, like you had a movie called The Adventures of Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel, of course, was the big rival to Superman. But now they call him Shazam. There's going to be a Shazam movie soon. Oh, that's the one I was thinking of, a Shazam movie. That's right. Right, where young Billy Batson takes his magic ring and he rubs it and says, Shazam, and he takes on the power of the world's mightiest mortal, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though the prevalent form of interstellar travel was a rocket ship with the fins and everything, the film Forbidden Planet, which is uh, widely billed as the forerunner to Star Trek because it had all the elements in it, actually had a flying saucer as its spacecraft. So that, that threw a wrench into things, too, and made us sort of predated everything. And to think here, Leslie Nielsen, before he became funny, was the first Captain Kirk. Indeed. That is funny, actually. It's true. I mean, the Captain Kirk character, mm-hmm. whether he did consciously or not, Shatner had similarities. Was, of course, was Shatner's absolutely. acting style is a little different. Although you can see traces of it uh, in Nielsen when you go back and watch Forbidden Planet. It's, it's all there. Oh, yeah. This is before he was funny. We didn't know he was funny until Airplane came out. Then we realized he was very, very funny. Uh, Evidently, I didn't live too far from him in his final years. He lived in Scottsdale, Arizona, where I lived at the time. But I never encountered him. Oh, well, there we go. And, of course, he also was Canadian, just to point that out once again. Shatner, yes. No, and Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen and Shatner were both Canadians. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so Canadians had a big hand in predating and the the the, uh, the science fiction that everybody grew up in. But Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy, was a nice Jewish boy from Boston. That's true. <laughs> that being, that particular part of the country is not super far from the Canadian border. No, no, that 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 is also admittedly true. You see, you have, you know, that's how it goes. Plus, all the superhero shows now on CWTV are filmed in Canada. That's right. They're all, uh, in fact, uh, uh, I know a few people who are extras uh, in some of those that uh, keep popping up in things like uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow and things like that. So, yeah, uh, the Canadians continue to have an influence over science fiction and maybe ufology, too. Yes, they're all filmed in Vancouver. Some are filmed in Toronto. There you go. I don't know why we're talking about this. Let's just catch up on a couple of things before we go to Falcon Lake. Chris, first of all, you were once upon a time one of the members of the Roswell Dream Team before it fractured and fell apart. Right. I was invited uh, many years ago to be part of this uh, uh, because, I suppose, of my 
I don't generally, uh, not, I wouldn't say a, uh, an outright skeptical attitude about the whole thing, but because I was more skeptical than some of the other uh, people on the, the, the team, uh, I was invited to add a little bit of balance, a little bit rationality and common sense, and that's probably why they dropped me eventually. Yeah, we can't have any of that, especially in wake of the Roswell slides. But what yeah. do you think of the fact that more and more we're seeing that the evidence for Roswell is less certain than it used to be? And I'm thinking of Kevin Randall's book, Roswell in the 21st Century. Absolutely. And, and uh, Kevin, of course, was the one who originally invited me uh, on behalf of the group to be part of that. And it's interesting that, uh, you know, he's uh, less than enamored with the possibility of uh, crashed alien saucers and things like that now. So uh, it certainly is a, a quite a change from um, what, you know, the trend had been, let's say, about 25 years ago. Some people, of course, are, are still maintaining rather doggedly that... Uh, uh, it still could be a crashed saucer of some sort, but uh, you know the evidence for it is really not as good as one might uh, one might really want, uh, and that's one of the problems. And as a matter of fact, I know we're going to be talking about Falcon Lake uh, soon, but uh, the uh, what I the point I make with Falcon Lake is that it's a much better UFO case than Roswell, and. Uh, uh, on a number of reasons that we can get into when we start talking about Falcon Lake. So is Roswell the case that we'll never solve? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, uh, the witnesses uh, and even the witnesses' kids uh, have largely passed on. Um, it's it's going to be very, very circumstantial from here on in because we simply don't have the smoking gun. We don't have the documents. We don't have even a good idea of exactly where this happened uh, to pinpoint it on a, on, a, on a topographic map. So there are so many issues involved in this that uh, uh, I really doubt whether we'll get absolutely to the bottom of what happened at Roswell. Long ago, far away, never to be solved. Indeed. Well, I remind everyone that the best way for you to support the Paracast is to become a member of the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. We offer the After the Paracast podcast. We offer, in addition to that, get a load of this, the commercial-free version of this show, and lots more goodies all for a modest subscription rate. Our price cheap starting at $1.49 a week, but if you order a five-year or a lifetime subscription, we've got free books. You know, book from Paul and Benino, autographed, goodies like that. So check it out, plus.thepowercast.com. More to come with Chris Rutkowski, Jay Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg, who only has... Two names, no middle name like Randall does. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Be prepared for the next disaster with the Shelter Pod. The Shelter Pod is a large, all-season, heavy-duty, quick-deploy shelter. The Shelter Pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit, water filter, survival tools, and more. Are you prepared to take care of your family? Do you have everything in one place ready to go? Get it now or enter to win a complete Shelter Pod system at ShelterPod.com. The Shelter Pod at ShelterPod.com. Shelter when you need it most. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. We've helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how we can work for you. 800-912-6177. That's 800-912-6177. Again, 800-912-6177. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, or circulation and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You're checking your acting chops there, Chris, because I think you want to see whether or not you'll be up for some voice action if they do a new Flash Gordon movie. That was so convincing. I don't know if we should believe anything he says, Gene. (laughs) Sounded awfully diabolical to me, man. (laughs) See, listen to that. What are we getting ourselves into here? Well, we've had him on before. I'm still here. You know, he can help me deal with all the hate speech out there, all the fake news. What have they been doing, Gene? What have they been saying? I haven't even been keeping up. You, you know, it might no, be better. No, no, it's, it's not. Don't I don't want to. I don't. The answer is here. They take someone's misfortunes, say. I'll be very brief. They exaggerate the misfortunes, find the negatives about it, and just spread hate. Oh, God. And, you know, this is not unusual. So I don't want to dignify them with anything more specific. Let's just leave it at that. Let's get on with stuff here. Before we explore Falcon Lake and why it's more compelling because of the availability of information that can be verified than Roswell. Chris, what's happening currently in the world of UFOs in Canada? Still seeing quite a few sightings each year? Oh, absolutely. In fact, the uh, 2016 Canadian UFO survey found, uh, again, more than 1,000 cases last year. Uh, I think it was somewhere around close to 1,200 again. Uh, showing that you're talking about uh, about three cases a day somewhere in Canada. I, I think one of the most significant, you may have seen the video from a, a few days ago, there was a, uh, a flare test uh, over Lake Ontario that was widely uh, seen by a lot of people across, across both the uh, United States and Canada right along the border. And that the Canadian Air Force had told everybody, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't aliens, it was just us. And I have to tell you, the uh, the flare drop looks very similar to some other video of UFOs uh, in the sky attributed to lights in the sky, mile-long uh, craft and so forth. So I think we'll be hearing a lot more debate about that, but uh, the, the video itself is just starting to make the rounds, and it's it's quite interesting. How good does it look to you? Oh, well, it's, it's, you know, it shows the skyline, um, and it shows something like uh, 10 or 11 uh, lights in a rough formation uh, hovering over the city, uh, and it's reminiscent of some other lights uh, that have been proposed as UFOs, so it's, uh, uh, I think a lot of comparisons will be made in the, in the coming weeks. Well, we look forward to more information. Any other sightings of note? You know, again, the sightings continue to be reported. And in fact, what's happening uh, very recently is that we're hearing more and more uh, reports from long ago being reported. In other words, people will see something on television. They'll see some uh, some reports in, in media of, uh, of some discussions. And they'll say, you know, I, I hadn't seen anything recently, but that reminds me, 
you know, back when I was a kid, I remember seeing uh, something very similar to what had been reported recently. So uh, we're getting a flurry of cases from the past, which is not uncommon. We do get these from time to time. Uh, a significant case will uh, have people latch onto them, not from personal experience of, of something directly relatable uh, to that case, but from years ago. So, for example, uh, regarding the Falcon Lake, the Falcon Lake case is uh, much in the media right now for a number of reasons. And uh, again, we'll get to that, but there's a whole series of uh, reports that are now being filed by people saying back in 1967, when I was really young, I too saw something in the sky that I, I couldn't explain. And people are, are trying to connect personally to some of these classic cases. And it's uh, interesting that, again, things are resonating through people's memories and history. And uh, I'm getting a lot of emails from people saying, do you have anything from 1994 in Nova Scotia? Or do you have a, a case from 1973 that may have happened uh, in Squamish, B.C.? Things like that. Because people are just, you know, they're, they're finding a connection uh, from not from something that's happening today, but something that happened long ago. The problem, of course, I guess, is the same as with Roswell. The longer it passed between the event and the recollection, the more difficult it is to get accurate facts. Right. Even when somebody says, I saw the exact same thing that year, that month. Well, if you can't pin down the day or the time and you were in a somewhat different location, it's unlikely it was the same thing. But the point is that people, their memories are, uh, you know, they're fading with time, but enough of it was important back then to, to make them remember it with enough clarity that it's still stuck in their minds all these years. Yeah, and I think a lot of UFO reports... Uh, tend to do this. I mean, they they make quite an impression on people. You get people who uh, see an object. I remember a case going back um, into the uh, 1980s where uh, uh, I had been contacted or f phoned by a, a frel uh, sorry a a person who gave me a, a call and he said, you know, I saw something last night and it made a really big impression on me. And uh, I, uh, would you like to see uh, what, I, uh, what I created in its response? And I said, sure. Well, he pulled out a canvas of a painting. And um, this person had been uh, uh, somewhat of an artist and uh, had you know, produced paintings of various things over the years. And what's interesting is that he had seen, a, uh, he was driving on uh, the Trans-Canada Highway, uh, through an isolated area in uh, in Manitoba, and it was something like three or, three or four o'clock in the morning. Not many cars on the road, and this um, object flew over the highway and was disc shaped, um, a completely glowing yellow object. Flew over the highway and then stopped uh, over the field next to the highway. He actually stopped his car got out, watched it hovering over the field for a while, and watched as this thing slowly moved over the field uh, towards, uh, uh, towards some, uh, some civilization, some town not too far away. It made such an impression on him that he went home immediately um, and set up his canvas and right then and there started painting what he had seen. Now, how often would that possibly happen? that we have, uh, you know, n not a cell phone photo, but a, an actual painting of a UFO that made such an impression that somebody took the time to, uh, to create it so it was fresh in his mind and he could show other people what he had seen. 
very fascinating. Well, it sounds they're still continuing. Do we see any of the kind of close encounters we had early on with the so-called electromagnetic effects and stuff like that? Actually, no. In fact, uh, I had a, uh, uh, I was doing an interview with uh, a reporter just this morning about the Edwin Fuhr case from 1974. Um, your listeners may uh, remember it uh, or in some books where there's these, uh, uh, the grass was pushed down in circles um, um, caused by uh, five um, bowl-shaped objects that he had seen. Uh, this was um, a fellow who was in Langenberg, uh, Saskatchewan. Um, he was uh, cutting the, some of the wheat and grass and uh, saw what he thought were duck blinds uh, not too far away because it was common in this particular area uh, for uh, people to set up their, uh, their duck blinds so that they can uh, shoot at the ducks and geese a little bit better. And he climbed on top of his tractor and saw that these were upside-down, bowl-shaped silver objects that were spinning very, very rapidly um, in the grass. He watched them uh, for a few minutes, and then they slowly, one by one, took off into the sky and gave off little puffs of smoke and flew away. And when he went to inspect these areas, they were uh, swirled patches um, in the grass, that he couldn't explain, that were completely mysterious, reported to the RCMP, the uh, National Research Council of Canada investigated. Uh, the uh, the Center for uh, UFO Studies came up, uh, Alan Hynek came up as well uh, to talk with him. It was, uh, uh, you know, quite remarkable. These were uh, very remarkable uh, um, traces found in the grass, in fact, uh, they predated crop circles by a considerable length of time. Let's continue that in our next segment with Chris Rutkowski. Catching up, Jay Randall Murphy's our guest co-host. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Randall's trying to become another, a younger Ming the Merciless, but he's not he'll, merciless he'll enough. There. He'll get there. He'll get there. Oh, yeah. Chris Rutkowski's talking to us. Let's continue about that sighting you started in the previous segment. Right. Edwin Fuhrer, Langenberg, Saskatchewan, 1974. Uh, the traces were studied uh, in great detail. Uh, samples were taken and sent to Ottawa for analysis. Uh, I know they were thought that perhaps they were radioactive, uh, but they were not. Um, and what's interesting is that uh, Edwin Fuhrer uh, was well-liked and well-known in the community, um, uh, a very amicable kind of fellow, not the type to make a, a lot of practical jokes, certainly didn't benefit from this. In fact, right at uh, harvest time, it caused a, a big disruption, so it caused more inconvenience than anything else. Phil Class himself actually uh, talked with me about him. Uh, he said that he had, to, uh, he had spoken with um, a uh, pastor of, uh, of a small church in the community, and uh, according to Phil Class, 
this particular pastor had said that, oh yes, uh, Edwin Fury, uh, you know, uh, had done some practical jokes in the past, so that's probably what this was, and that was good enough for Phil Class to label it all a complete hoax. Uh, the National Research Council of Canada, their expert Peter Millman, he uh, didn't personally investigate the site. But I was actually at a conference um, of scientists where he gave a presentation uh, about this, and he declared that the Langenberg crop traces were nothing more than fairy ring mushrooms. And uh, that was that. Uh, what's curious is that there's absolutely no way uh, that fairy ring mushrooms could have caused these, because um, I, I happen to know mycologists quite well, and... Uh, Fairy ring mushrooms do create rings in grass, usually lawns, and take several years to create uh, traces of any particular size and are never found in um, uh, long grasses uh, and uh, crops of the order of, you know, one, two, three, four, five feet uh, in height. So it was a completely ludicrous explanation proposed by scientists who really should have known better. And whether that suggests that, uh, you know, there is a, a cover-up in effect or scientists are so closed-minded that uh, they won't even look at facts, it, it caused quite a concern and, in fact, boosted the case uh, more than uh, suggesting there was something less mysterious to it because of the fact that these explanations really didn't uh, account for any of the facts that were presented. Yeah, it's like a swamp gas, same type of thing. I mean, if you look at the picture of the of the swirled grass, you can see it's plainly swirled grass. It's a large patch. There's no mushrooms involved in this at all. And the other thing about this that actually impresses me is that you're not seeing some uh, complex geometrical pattern with, you know, somebody's signature in the lower left-hand corner. You're just seeing some flattened grass that looks like maybe something landed there that was spinning. Yeah, and uh, that's all it was. And as I said, it, it predated the crop circles by a number of years. Uh, so a lot of people think they started in England. Well, they, they actually started in Canada. Uh, in fact, um, there's a, a case uh, that dates back in the 1960s uh, that perhaps we'll have time to talk about uh, where uh, crop circles were actually investigated by the Royal Canadian Air Force. And uh, we have their report of, of uh, their studies. So uh, Canada, once again, you know, this is the Canadian show, Gene. Uh, where we're showing that uh, Canada's really pulling its chops here. Do we see oh, yeah, any we differences sometimes you do with different cultures? Do you see any difference between Canadian UFO cases and United States UFO cases, or are they too close together in terms of details? Yeah, I think we'd have to say that the border is pretty uh, permeable when it comes to to UFO cases. Uh, you know, we have the same distributions of nocturnal lights and uh, daylight discs and so forth. Uh, we have the monthly trends. Um, one effect, I was looking at Cheryl Costa's... Um, uh, data that's just been published. Uh, she went through um, uh, New Forks uh, cases and um, and you know got some trends for uh, uh, down to the county, for example, in some cases. And uh, there certainly is a latitude effect um, in that uh, there's a less pronounced uh, increase in the summer months in uh, the southern United States than there is in the northern United States and in Canada, of course, because of the uh, uh, the climate. So that uh, where there's um, many more UFO reports in Canada in the summer, there's 
the the uh, the peak isn't as strong in the southern United States. So there are some things like that, but in terms of the actual description of things that are, are reported, uh, it's very very similar. Well, yeah, that's good to know. Of course, we have porous borders. That's why. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about the borders. If we had some border control, the UFOs would be different. Yeah, if we had some sort of wall or something. I don't know. Maybe we should uh, work yeah, on that. Speak to your president about that, Gene. See, let's see if he can do something about it. I'm sorry that logic has too many walls impacting it. So you are co-author of a book, Chris, called When They Appeared, Falcon Lake 1967, The Inside Story of a Close Encounter. But tell us first about your co-author. Well, my co-author is Stan Mihalik. And uh, Stan Mihalik is the, stu- is the son of Stefan Mihalik, uh, who, is, uh, who was uh, the, the prime witness in uh, a classic case from May of uh, 1967. In fact, this past weekend was the 50th anniversary of this particular case. And uh, in celebration, uh, we had a, a number of things up here in Canada uh, on uh, May the 19th, for example, we had uh, the screening of a, of a movie about UFOs called uh, UFOs, A Secret History, produced by David Cherniak. Uh, the, uh, the producer actually came, he flew into uh, Winnipeg for the screening to a sold-out standing-room-only house. And uh, there was a panel discussion following the movie. And uh, the uh, the Falcon Lake case with... Uh, uh, featuring a recreation of the event with Mr. Mihalik, uh, is was part of that particular film, so that's why it was chosen. Uh, the panel discussion was with myself and uh, uh, Stan Mihalik talking about uh, the, the case long ago. And then on uh, the Saturday uh, was the launch of the book uh, at uh, a, uh, a bookstore here in Winnipeg in Canada. Uh, they had set out uh, chairs for uh, around 100 people, and um, around 200 showed up, uh, completely clogging the aisles. Um, the book itself sold out within the first five minutes, even before the event started. Uh, and then on the Sunday, um, out at Falcon Lake, which is about um, about an hour and a half east of uh, Winnipeg, uh, along the uh, Ontario border, um, a, uh, a ranch out there uh, was actually taking people on guided tours by horseback to the actual site. Uh, and then in the evening, uh, there was another public presentation, which was again completely sold out with uh, standing room only. Uh, and uh, it, was just, it was just overwhelming to see the public interest in a case that was 50 years old and still so, uh, so prominent in so many people's minds. Now, compared to Roswell, what makes this, shall we say, more credible in terms of evidence? Well, um, not just Roswell, but I, I know um, my uh, colleagues in uh, out in Nova Scotia aren't going to like this uh, all that much because uh, uh, the claim is that Shag Harbor is Canada's best known and best documented UFO case. Um, and it's also from 1967. But uh, I believe that the Falcon Lake case is better because it was a, uh, uh, a known witness. The witness cooperated, and he continued to be interviewed uh, for uh, many years until his death. Uh, the, uh, 
the Royal Canadian Air Force investigated, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police investigated, the United States Air Force um, uh, had sent uh, a number of people from the University of Colorado uh, through the uh, Condon uh, uh, Committee to investigate up here in Canada. And uh, the case was also investigated by uh, a number of authorities. The witness has uh, had medical injuries. Uh, he was treated in hospital and by doctors. We have the medical uh, records. Uh, we have the records and all the documents from the Royal Canadian Air Force. We have the records from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, as well as documents from uh, the uh, Condon Committee. Um, and there were physical traces at the site as well. In fact, a um, uh, uh, level of radiation uh, significantly above background was found at the site. This is Falcon Lake, right? At Falcon Lake. Um, Manitoba, Canada. Right. The reason I'm asking that, it'll be clear in the next segment. We've got more to come with Chris Rutkowski about the Falcon Lake case with Gene and Randall. You're in. Uh, It's the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack. Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Love or loathe him, Donald J. Trump is our 45th president. There is no denying now that Trump will go down in history, both despised and admired. Commemorate Trump's presidency with your very own Trump Silver Bust from TrumpSilverStatue.com. This museum-quality heirloom Trump Silver Statue bust is hand-cast from 20 troy ounces of silver, a great investment. From TrumpSilverStatue.com. Loathed or loved, own a valuable piece of Trump's legacy. Get your solid silver Trump bust today at TrumpSilverStatue.com. Homeowners have much more to worry about than just making their mortgage payment. Can you afford to repair or replace your air conditioning when it stops working this summer? Or worse, a major plumbing problem? With National Home, you can say goodbye to repair bills. If you own a home, you could stop paying for these costly repairs. Best of all, call now to get one month of repair coverage for free. Get total protection for your home's major appliances and systems so you have no more costly repair bills. Call 800-887-3022. That's 800-887-3022. 800-887-3022. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Hey, it's the Paracast with Chris Krutkowski and Shay Randall Murphy. 
And we're talking about Falcon Lake in connection with this book, and I can barely pronounce the co-author's name, Stan Michalik. Michalik, yes. Michalik. The books were when they appeared. Now, this is 67. The Conning Committee was just really in not in operation that much longer after that, right? Right. They stopped uh, sending out investigators in about 68 or so. So this was towards the end, but it still appeared in the uh, in the Condon Report, Case 22. And uh, we have all the documentation. We have the official records. Uh, there was radiation found actually out at Falcon Lake at, at the site. And uh, not only that, a year after the case, Mr. Mihalik went back out sort of on his own one-year anniversary of the case just because he still couldn't believe what had happened to him. He did some digging um, and found more radioactive uh, materials. In fact, uh, he found uh, several pieces of radioactive metal that had been turned over to the uh, Canadian Air Force and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and also to Atomic Energy of Canada, which is the Canadian equivalent of the, uh, the, uh, the nuclear agencies in the United States. And they did analysis uh, of uh, these particular pieces of metal. And uh, we actually still have uh, one of those pieces of metal. In fact, it's uh, sitting in a, uh, inside a, a glass bell on my dining room table, and it is still quite radioactive. My, my uh, cats are positively glowing when they walk by it. So if it's radioactive, do you have it shielded? Uh, yeah, the uh, the glass actually uh, um, shunts most of the uh, harmful uh, rays uh, away, so it's relatively safe. I, I don't recommend people carrying it around in their pockets for any length of time, though. So what would you say to those who, like I know when I was looking into the case, I, I did some background on the geology in the area, and there are natural occurring radioactive deposits there. So I'm just wondering how much you did to looking to see if, well, maybe that's a factor that might have been overlooked, because I know when I do read about it, I don't see anybody going to that length and checking that out. Oh, actually, that that was uh, uh, investigated quite extensively. Um, in fact, the, uh, the Manitoba Department of Mines and Natural Resources thought that the radiation level was so high above background, uh, despite the deposits there, that they considered uh, closing the entire provincial park because of health hazards that were perceived. Uh, and again, we have the documentation that attests all this. Um, and as for these pieces of metal, um, these are not chunks of radioactive materials as such. The piece that uh, is currently uh, still in, uh, in our possession is about four inches long and is made of almost pure silver. The silver um, has uh, radioactive materials um, attached to it, um, embedded in it, because the silver has been melted. Uh, this is completely not natural. There's no way that this could be considered natural um, in, in any way, shape, or form. So there really is no, no natural explanation for this. So is this a smoking gun or what? Well, it's a very interesting case, and, and you know, in the comparison with, with Roswell uh, and Shag Harbor and a number, a number of others, I mean, we know exactly where this is. As a matter of fact, I mentioned in an earlier segment that uh, there's actually a, uh, uh, you know, horseback rides, it, and it's an isolated area. That's why you have to go in by horseback. In fact, uh, I went out with uh, Stan Mahalik, my co-author, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
it's a good 45 minute to an hour uh, ride uh, into the wilderness uh, on some pretty rough terrain. I mean, the horses have to uh, scamper up rocky ridges and things like that. You have to be a pretty decent rider to uh, to get up there. Um, it's uh, not for the, the beginner or novice for sure. Uh, but it takes a while to get there on horseback. Um, so it's in a very uh, isolated area. To think that uh, something, you know, that, that, you know, silver could be melted in any quantity uh, in an isolated area in 1967 and then become radioactive because of materials. If it's a hoax, this is easily something that makes Billy Meyer look like uh, child's play. It's, it's just uh, an, amazing, uh, an amazing series of coincidences and events in other cases. Would there be anything conventional in terms of some kind of test that went wrong from the government? Well, this is what's quite interesting, and and I should probably tell the story so that your readers get a good idea of what we're talking about here. I mean, the the case has been uh, recreated on Unsolved Mysteries, uh, both in the original and in the the second uh, series. Uh, it's been produced on A&E's Unexplained. Uh, I know that Sightings recreated it as well. Uh, and we have been involved uh, as advisors in the, uh, in the production of these uh, recreations. And what happened was, back in uh, May of 1967, Mr. Stefan Mihalik, um traveled um, all the way out to Falcon Lake to do some amateur rock hounding. He was uh, a nature lover. Uh, he was a, very interested in in minerals and and rocks so he uh uh, left uh the night before uh or and got there early in the morning from his motel and walked into the bush um, on foot Uh, he had already staked claims because this area uh has uh, like uh like chris was mentioning that it's rich in not just uh radioactive materials but there's lots of quartz veins that lead to silver and uh, gold. There's a gold mine not that far away from here as well. Um, and uh, he was spending the entire morning uh, looking at rocks, uh, chipping away, and he stopped at lunchtime and uh, was eating his lunch um, uh, on a, a sort of a small boulder um, that was surrounded by some bushes. And as he's uh, finishing up, when he was packing up his lunch, all of a sudden uh, some geese took off from a small lake that was down below him. He was on a, a ridge, a very rocky ridge in the forest, and he was sort of overlooking um, a small pond that had been created by a beaver dam. And these geese suddenly took off, and he was concerned that perhaps there were bears in the area, so he was looking around. Um, didn't see any bears, but something was shining in the sky. And as he watched, uh, two saucer-shaped objects came down from the uh, the sky. They were red in color. And uh, one remained fairly high up in the sky. The other one descended and ended up um, landing or, or at least uh, hovering over uh, a, a rocky ridge only about 150 feet away from him. Uh, he crouched down behind this, this small boulder to watch what he thought was completely impossible because it looked nothing else like than a flying saucer from the movies. It was disc-shaped. It was uh, about 35 feet in diameter, about 8 to 10 feet high with a dome 
Um, bright purple lights coming out of uh, some slits or, and openings in the upper part of this thing. And it had started cooling down, is the way he described it, because it was going down from red to orange and then a dull color, and eventually was the color of, as he described it, hot stainless steel, um, and then just became a silverish uh, color. Uh, he said he couldn't see any uh, joints or uh, rivets. It was completely smooth, a completely circular flying saucer, not more than 150 feet away from him at this point. Now, considering they have radioactivity involved, and I'm thinking of Rendlesham, and I'm thinking of the Cash Landrum case, any radioactive impact of note? Um, well, one of the problems with, the, with this is that Mr. Mihalik didn't think in terms of of aliens at all. In fact, uh, until he passed on uh, in 1999, he thought this must have been some sort of American secret military craft. Let's continue uh, on that score. we got more to come. Chris Rutkowski about Falcon Lake, 1967. Return back through time with J. Randall Murphy and Gene Steinberg. And you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Homeowners have much more to worry about than just making their mortgage payment. One of our biggest expenses can be when unexpected repair bills hit us at home. Can you afford to repair or replace your home heating system? What about when your air conditioning stops working this summer? Or worse, a major plumbing problem or large appliance that just stops working? Well, with National Home, you can say goodbye to repair bills. That's right. If you own a home, you could stop paying for these costly repairs. Best of all, call now to get your home protected and one month of repair coverage for free. Just call 800-887-3022. Simply call our 24-7 repair hotline and pay nothing for covered repairs. Get total protection for your home's major appliances and systems so you have no more costly repair bills. Just call 800-887-3022 and never pay for repairs again. Get your home protected against costly repair bills right now. Call 800-887-3022. That's 800-887-3022. 800-887-3022. 
It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Randall, you're getting better and better. Chris O'Brien's on special assignment. Chris Rutkowski, who is co-author of this new book on the Falcon Lake case, When They Appeared. I'm looking at the picture here. This picture in the book, this is essentially what the object looked like. Yes, it's, uh, it was actually uh, designed by, uh, the cover was designed by Stan Mihalik himself, so he had uh, obviously listened to his father describe it many times as based on the actual drawings which were produced. Um, and it, you know, it, it looks very flying saucer-ish, uh, but Mr. Mihalik was convinced this was some sort of military craft because obviously there is no such thing as, as aliens in his own worldview and his own belief system. And he watched this for about half an hour at least, um, crouched down in the bushes behind the boulder, and he was actually drawing it uh, in his notepad, which he had always uh, every time he went out into the bushes. And as he was watching it, um, he could hear the rush of air as if um, air was being expelled and, and taken in. Uh, other than that, he couldn't hear much in the way of sound. There was a smell like burning electrical motors. And a small door opened in the side of this, kind of like a, a camera iris, and uh, he uh, could see very bright lights coming out of there. In fact, the lights coming from this thing were so significant. And this was about lunchtime. So this was a little after 12, 1230 or so in the, in the middle of the day. Um, he actually had some welder's goggles with him that he was using to protect his eyes from rock chips when he was uh, chipping away at, uh, at rocks. Even through the welder's goggles, these lights were very, very bright. 
and he had to flip them down to get a good look at what this thing was. Well, eventually he figured, you know, this this is ridiculous. It's some sort of American weapon. I'm going to go walk over to them and let them know I'm here. So he stood up, and I don't know how many people would, would do this, you know, standing up and walking towards a flying saucer. But uh, he stood up and walked towards them. And as he's doing, he could hear high-pitched voices coming from inside this thing. Uh, one voice seemed to be higher than the other. He and uh, he described it as very squeaky-like uh, in in sound, and it made him convinced all the more that uh, uh, that this was some sort of American weapon because there obviously were people inside. So he walks closer and he shouts out, uh, "Okay, Yankee boys, come on out! I'll give you a hand bro- fixing your broken-down flying machine." Pretty ballsy, I'd have to say. But the voices stopped. By this time, he was very close to it, and he thought, "Oh, wait a minute, maybe it's not Americans. Maybe it's Russian." Now, Mr. Mahalik was from Eastern Europe, and he was actually in the military. He was familiar with craft. He uh, was familiar with a, a lot of uh, other nationalities, so he happened to be multilingual. So he called out in Russian the same greeting. Nothing happened. He called out in German. He called out uh, in some French. Still nothing. By this time, he was standing right in front of this this little doorway or window, and he touched the side of it with his rubberized glove, and he looked in the tried to look inside this opening uh, with his uh, welder's goggles, and he could just see a bunch of lights. Now, people ha- have said in some of the translations and some of the, the versions that have been produced that they look like computer banks uh, of lights. But back in 1967, that simply didn't exist. Mr. Mihalik had never seen anything like that. He just said there are a lot of lights moving back and forth. All of a sudden, his hand got hot because he pulled his hand away and the rubberized glove had started to melt because the side of this thing was very, very hot. Suddenly, the irised door or window shut. The entire object started to rotate slightly so that right in front of him, uh, not more than a a foot or two away, was an exhaust vent of some sort with with, uh, dozens of small uh, holes. And out of this this exhaust vent came a blast of hot gas that came out and set his clothes on fire, knocked him down, um, and started smoldering some of the pine needles and leaves that were on the ground. And this thing took off into the sky and flew away, leaving a very, very bewildered Stefan Mihalik. He uh, reacted very quickly by taking off his his shirt and uh, stamping it out. And he stamped out some of the pine needles and, uh, and leaves, being a very good outdoorsman. But he started to feel very ill. Whatever was in this blast of gas had started uh, reacting to him. And he started vomiting. He got a throbbing headache. He was very disoriented. He pulled out a compass to try and figure out a way back to civilization because he figured his, his prospecting uh, was over for the day. Uh, except his compass was spinning around like a propeller. He put it down, and then he oriented himself as best he could and headed uh, out of the bush. He eventually uh, came out onto a a highway, which he knew ran near the town, ended up going back to his motel room, uh, but he was very, very ill. He was injured. He had to go get uh, treatment somewhere. He contacted his son by telephone and asked him to meet him um, back in Winnipeg. He 
he managed to gather up a few things and he actually hopped a bus, can you believe it, to get back to Winnipeg uh, that night. Uh, his son took him to a hospital where he was treated for second and third degree burns. He was sent home, but uh, the illness uh, was still very, very significant. He uh, remained in bed for uh, several weeks after that. He had lost weight. Uh, doctors were puzzled as to what had happened to him. That's just when the investigation started. It sounds a little cash landrum to me. It sounds very cash landrum uh, years earlier, but it does sound very, very similar to that. You know, you've got the heat, you've got some sort of radiation, which they found later. But this is a, an, you know, a close encounter, <laughs> a true close encounter, perhaps a little too close for comfort for some people. Did he have any long-term effects or was it something that he recovered from? He did have a number of long-term effects. As a matter of fact, you know, he, his illness um, was very puzzling. Uh, his doctor had recorded uh, that his uh, white, white blood cell count uh, was up and down a little bit, but because he hadn't been to a doctor in a while, it was hard to verify. But a number of months later, he was at work he, when he eventually did return to work. Suddenly, in the middle of the day, his hands swelled up, his body swelled up, uh, turned a little purple. He found it hard to, believe, uh, to breathe. Uh, he was getting some sort of allergic reaction, an anaphylactic shock of some sort, uh, which he had never experienced before. Uh, and the doctors figured that he must have you know, become allergic to something that was in, uh, in contact with, uh, with his body. Interestingly enough, over the, the next few years, um, there were enough flare-ups that uh, his family was very concerned, and uh, he went to the Mayo Clinic um, in the United States on his own, um, he, because this wasn't covered under the Canadian uh, uh, medical system. Uh, he had to pay for it himself, so he went to the Mayo Clinic as an outpatient, uh, stayed there for a number of days, where they gave him a full uh, medical workup, and uh, uh, just figured that there was, again, there was some sort of uh, toxic substance that had been introduced to in his body that uh, uh, had been uh, causing these allergic reactions. Uh, he was not burned by radiation, it turns out. Uh, he was burned by thermal uh, gas, um, and uh, there was no evidence of him being injured by radioactive material in any way. We have more to come, looking over this gentleman's injuries from Falcon Lake. With Chris Rutkowski, Jay Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg... You're in. <sighs> Looks like the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. SolArc EMP-hardened solar generator energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. 
Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas. When I was playing ball, they called me the big hurt. But after I left the game, Mother Nature started putting a big hurt on me. I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, it wasn't my fault. Once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. But luckily, I found out about Nugenics. Nugenics is a unique man-boosting formula powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help boost your free testosterone levels. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting PRIME66 to 321321. With Nugenics, you can feel stronger, leaner, with a lot more stamina and energy. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenics is GNC's number one selling men's vitality product. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting PRIME66 to 321321. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. So again, text PRIME66 to 321321. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10 year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60 day money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose and here's my best offer ever you can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free go to mypillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN that's mypillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. It sure is the Paracast. Chris Witkowski, 
Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, Chris O'Brien's on special assignment. And we're talking about the witness to Falcon Lake and his ongoing medical issues. So this was some kind of thermal heat or radiation as opposed to a normal radiation effect? As opposed to radiation, radiation, right. Which Mayo Clinic was this, by the way? This is in Rochester, Minnesota. This is the home office. This is this is the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic's uh, psychiatrist uh, looked at him and uh, studied him for a while. What's curious is that we were able to obtain the medical records uh, for Mr. Mahalik from the Mayo Clinic, including the, the psychiatric evaluation, which is several pages long. Um, and the psychiatrist basically said, this is a guy who doesn't make up stories. He's uh, pragmatic. He's pardon the pun, down to earth. Um, and uh, this is somebody who, uh, you know, has had enough stuff happen to him in his life that uh, he doesn't need to make stories up. So the medical doctors, the medical community was puzzled as to uh, what went on. In fact, we were able to get the uh, medical records from the hospital he had shown up at as well. And his own family doctor, uh, we got the medical records released as well. So we have... Uh, more documents on this case than I think most UFO cases uh, will ever get. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking we probably have maybe two or three hundred official documents, if you include the medical records, the records from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Air Force, the various uh, uh, provincial agencies, uh, and then a lot of the correspondence that flew uh, between uh, individuals uh, regarding the case. This is an amazingly well-documented case, which is not the situation for Roswell or, or Shag Harbor or, or uh, even the, you mentioned Cash Landrum. You know, there's not a lot of documentation with Cash Landrum when you really look at it. So uh, this case is, is absolutely uh, amazing and fully documented. Now, how long course, did he live? How old was he when he died? Uh, he passed away in 1999, so he, he lived for quite some time. Interestingly, he had the, the burns on his upper chest, but on his abdomen, he had what was described as the checkerboard uh, pattern of injuries. And this obviously had come from that, that, that blast from the, the uh, gas, from the holes in the, in the grill or whatever it was that was there. And if, just imagine you took a checkerboard and put red checkers on each of the squares and put the whole thing on, on your abdomen and then took away the, the checkerboard itself. That's what the appearance of these burns looked like, the checkerboard pattern of burns. And they eventually faded, but the scar tissue remained throughout his life. In fact, um, even into uh, the 90s, um, you could, <laughs> he, he would uh, you know, lift off his shirt if you really wanted to and uh, touch uh, his skin. And you could feel the scar tissue underneath the skin. He, just, he, he used to call them his buttons because that's the only way you could really describe them. So we have, you know, the physical effects are, are absolutely astounding in this case as well. So question is, what happened to Mr. Mihalik back in 1967? Um, skeptics just say, well, it was some sort of elaborate hoax. And, uh, Why would this fact, be an elaborate hoax? Well, because there's no such thing as aliens and flying crafts like that. So what, what else could it possibly be, Gene? That's so he all that- injured himself. All the injuries he suffered, the treatment he received, he's a hypochondriac. Or he subjected himself to radiation poisoning or did something funky with some kind of thermal assembly. 
Yeah, that's that's generally the the objections by skeptics uh, in a nutshell. I mean, there have been some some other uh, aspects. Uh, the Condon Committee thought that uh, it was a hoax uh, and felt that uh, you know it was uh, quite elaborate. However, there was an interesting out in the um, uh, in the uh, the Condon report. Uh, I'll paraphrase it, but it went to, uh, along the lines of. If this experience could be determined to be physically real, it would prove the existence of unidentified flying objects uh, in, uh, in the Earth environment. If this one particular case, according to the Condon report, could be proven real, it would prove UFOs were real once and for all. That's well, how important this case is. I suppose we could say that about any given case, if we could prove it was real. So, to me, that really doesn't say a lot. And I've always been uncomfortable with this case. You seem to be very um, pro-Mikulak uh, here, or Mahalik. And, and I'm looking at what the skeptics have to say, and you know the way you described how these uh, marks on his body could have been uh, put there actually doesn't sound all that complex to me. It sounds like he pretty much could have done that either by accident or on purpose. And I don't know about you, but it, I have put on uh, welding goggles, and if you have ever done so yourself, you can't see anything through them unless you're looking at an arc. It's it's just not something that anyone would take out geologically prospecting if they want to see what they're doing while they're hitting rocks with a hammer. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> well, he took them out uh, quite a few times, um, and we actually uh, looked at the uh, the welding goggles. It's true. I mean, if you flip down the uh, the the dark part, you can't see anything. But the goggles themselves are very functional for protecting your eyes from rock chips because they have just a, a clear glass. He only flipped them down when he was trying to see into the the really bright lights that were flooding out of the uh, out of the craft. So, you know, that's it's an interesting objection and a and a, and a good point. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of effects here that would. You know that could certainly say that he made the whole thing up, but the, what's curious about the book that we produced is that uh, a third of the book, or I guess maybe a quarter of the book, is the recollection of Stan Mahalik himself. This is not just a book that tells the story of a particular UFO case; it tells the story of what happened to the family. The title, "When They Appeared," has nothing to do with aliens. The title has to do with the endless stream of investigators um, and um, and media uh, reporters that showed up flooding the home and bothering the, the Mahalics at all hours of day or night. Uh, it has to do with how the RCMP investigators and the Royal Canadian Air Force came into their home, um, you know, grilling not only the family, but they went to the uh, to their their places of work. Uh, they uh, talked to the kids in great detail. Stan Mahalik was just nine or ten years old at the time that this occurred, but he talks in great detail of what he remembered his his father being like. Um, how he, again, not the type of person to make anything up whatsoever. Um, uh, not a not a, a joker of any kind, and there would be no positive gain for producing this. So the book is not just uh, about the story of what happened. It's the uh, the fallout from what happened from the perspective of the witnesses' family. And then I have two sections in the book, one in which I go through all the great, uh, in great detail, the analysis. Um, we I went through uh, 
all the hundreds of pages of documentation showing the extent to which that the Royal Canadian Air Force and the RCMP investigated to the point where they actually went and got Mr. Mihalik drunk to see if they could loosen his lips a little and change his story. Uh, they always get their man, of course. Um, but in the opinion of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and the Air Force, uh, they have found nothing that would uh, dispute his story. So as much as we'd like to think that, yeah, maybe he could hoax the darn thing, even when you think about hoaxing the case in the middle of a wilderness in 1967, getting radioactive materials involved, melting silver, um, maintaining the ruse for uh, 30 years and, and, and more, um, it begins to stretch the imagination. So uh, could it be a hoax? Yeah, it, it certainly could be. Is it very, very complex and mysterious? Uh, yes, it is. So, I mean, I agree with you, uh, Randall, that it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a disturbing case because it's, you know, it has so many elements that uh, one would think uh, that it either proves that it's, everything's real or, you know, maybe nothing's real. We're going to have more of this with Chris Rutkowski, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. 
the answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Oh, he's smooth. And I'm going to tell you about after the Paracast, after the Paracast is our premium podcast. You can only hear it if you, my friend, are a member of the Paracast Plus Go to plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. We also offer the commercial-free version of this show as part of the package and more benefits. Paul Kimball, another Canadian, promises us we'll have some more other side of truth content when he's finished with his current projects. To learn more, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Check it out. The book we're talking about here is all about Falcon Lake. It's about when they appeared. Chris Rutkowski is explaining all. We're looking into the possibility here. Being a single witness sighting, I guess that's part of the problem. Could it be a fake? Yeah, no question. It's a single witness case. So, uh, uh, you know, all rests on uh, the veracity of uh, Mr. Mihalik. Uh It's uh, quite interesting that um, the case uh, was produced uh, for a number of UFO TV shows. And uh, we tell the anecdote uh, uh, in the book of the time that Unsolved Mysteries did this particular case. And we were contacted by NBC in the, oh, I guess, 1990, 1991, something like that. And NBC flew myself and uh, Mr. Mahalik and his wife and also Stan Mahalik down to their set in the United States 
for this particular show. And uh, we, we didn't see anything in terms of the recreation, but the interview with Mr. Mihalik on camera was really quite remarkable. Uh, they set up uh, uh, their set such that it looked like, or was supposed to look like, the inside of uh, the Mihalik's home in Canada. Uh, you know, they had a, a nice overstuffed chair and a lamp and uh, some bookcases in the background and so forth. All the while, boom mics and, uh, and uh, sound guys were running around. Uh, uh, some very bright lights, of course, the makeup artists, uh, uh, some reflectors, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of people running around, uh, you know, on this particular set. And it was quite overwhelming. And uh, Mr. Mihalik was sitting in this, in this chair that was supposed to be in his living room. And uh, the director of this particular segment said to him, you know, I'll bet that you know, so you're a little bit overwhelmed by all this. And he could see because, you know, Mr. Mihalik was not used to this by any, any way of the stretch of the imagination. And um, the director said, you know, why don't you just talk to me? So the director set a chair down in front of him. And let's just, you know, talk uh, just so you get comfortable with talking uh, with all this stuff here. Uh, you know, I'll bet this is the most, um, you know, uh, mind-blowing, the most uh, amazing thing that you've, you know, ever had happen in your life. And Mr. Mihalik said, no. And, of course, everybody's listening to this, and they sort of roll their eyes, and they say, okay, this guy's got some really good tales coming up here. And so the director said, really, well, what really was the most amazing and the, the most mind-bending thing that ever happened to you? And Mr. Mihalik then proceeded to tell about his experience in Europe during the Second World War, where he uh, um, was uh, 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 imprisoned in, in the, one of the camps. His wife was also put in a separate uh, camp. He managed to escape and work for the Allied Underground, uh, worked on a number of missions with them. And after the war... Uh, it was uh, he was uh, employed by the Americans to go into the camps to repatriate them and uh, to uh, to document what was inside. And Mr. Mihalik had uh, at that time on the set of NBC's Unsolved Mysteries, while the cameras were not running, told some stories about what he had seen uh, inside those camps, inside some of the ovens. And uh, after he had told his story, there was a, not a sound to be heard on the set anywhere. Everybody was just riveted on what Mr. Mihalik was saying. He finished his story, and then he looked the director in the eye, and he said, that was the most amazing and mind-bending experience of my life. Oh, I could believe that. We have so many people that come to Canada and immigrate here with really amazing stories i've been uh, interviewing a couple of people myself for another personal project and and uh getting here and their survival stories some of them really truly are amazing journeys yes absolutely true and i remember sitting i was off to one side and one of the uh, uh the set people i don't know whether he was a grip or whatever he turned to somebody next to him and he said this guy doesn't make doesn't need to make up a story about a flying saucer he's had uh he's had enough in his life and i guess that you know, to put that in that perspective, um, uh, Mr. Mihalik made no money. The experience was more disruptive and more difficult for his family um, than anything else. In fact, Stan Mihalik recounts in uh, in the book uh, how 
Mr. Mihalik's wife, uh, Maria Mihalik, uh, you know, would, would sometimes argue with uh, with her husband about, you know, why did you have to get burned by that thing out in the woods? Like, it's just a, causing us no end of trouble, you know, that type of thing. We don't see this turned into quite as much of a franchise as, say, like the uh, Sid Graves National Forest incident. Walton, you know, I mean, no. he, we've got a movie there. We've got um, numerous appearances on television shows, everything else. I mean, maybe he's had a little bit of a, a break in terms of some media coverage, but certainly not to the extent of Walton. No, absolutely not. In fact, the, the family stopped doing media interviews uh, a few years after this had happened because they they were fed up. Um, in fact, it was common for media to contact me to uh, to try and uh, talk to the Mihalics because they just refused to talk to reporters after a while. It was too disruptive, uh, too painful in some ways, and uh, um, uh, you know they they really didn't gain anything from this. Uh, uh, there was no monetary gain. It was more painful and more uh, more difficult for them, more than anything else. Um, so, uh, and I think uh, you know this isn't the uh, like the Walton uh, case uh, where you know uh, where uh, Randall was uh, was just saying off air a minute ago that it turned into quite a franchise. Yeah, this is really interesting. I really do like the point that you make about the follow-up investigations, and on the cover of your book, that had made me wonder. I was looking at the cover, and I'm seeing in the background these sort of shadowy, almost men-in-black type figures, and uh, that explains part of the story. Part of the story is the investigation. So he wasn't just uh, out to convince a a couple of wide-eyed UFO investigators. He'd had a number of people and a number of interrogations to affect in to uh, tell his story too. Did you run across any actual MIB type people in this, Chris? No, no. I mean, the the case attracted a lot of attention. I mean, APRO was involved. Uh, Investigators would come up uh, to Canada from time to time saying that they're reopening the case. And and actually, um, the Mihalics being very, very trusting people, um, you know, when somebody came up saying that I'm from such and such a UFO organization, we would like to reanalyze the uh, the metal or the material, they actually gave away much of the uh, the the, uh, the the materials, um, the uh, rubberized glove which would had been in their possession um, went to APRO. And when APRO folded and everything went into storage, we assume the glove is too. We don't have access to the glove anymore. Um, the original undershirt, oddly enough, is still in uh, in possession. They kept it all these years, and we looked at it quite recently. Uh, Mr. Mihalik's cap, which is definitely burned, and a chunk was torn out by the uh, Air Force for analysis. Uh, that We still have that. And we have only one uh, piece of metal um, from the, uh, the experience. Um, there were two large pieces of metal and about 30 or 40 smaller pieces of metal those are all absolutely gone uh, to individuals claiming that they're with such and such an organization and we're going to analyze it. Hold off one second, Chris. So let's just clarify the situation so everyone understands clearly what's going on because evidence in connection with a UFO case, physical evidence, is something extraordinary, something very difficult to find. But in this case, we have people picking it up taking this evidence and, I guess, never following up. 
never following up, never never being heard from again in some cases. Uh, and the Mihalics had no record. They they you know they were very very trusting. They didn't know who who these people were, but they seemed reputable. Okay, we Randall. Some- before we go on, where'd you put it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, we've got the secret base here, Gene, and uh, I just uh, I can't let on all the stuff we've got here. So, well, Randall's very close to Cold Lake. You know, we have to worry about Cold Lake. We got more to come with Chris Rudkowski, Jay Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag... All sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. Great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I think he wants to do the laugh of a vampire. That's where it is. That was just a, that was a cold, actually. <laughs> Sorry. A vampire with a cold. Vampire with a cold, yeah. Yeah, a little Count Floyd going on there, maybe. Uh, yeah. Anyway, are we on? The, are we back on to the uh, show Is this now? Thing on? Right, of okay. course. What do you think? Oh God, we're here. We're waiting for you to give us the go ahead, and we're just oh. like a lot of. Well, I think it's more fun to listen to you talk amongst yourself. <laughs> yeah, we're just vamping here. Yeah. You vamp and then see what kind of trouble you get into. 
Right. Further to these uh, pieces of metal, we actually um, have the analyses. Um, the, the Atomic Energy of Canada uh, and analyzed the material. The material was also analyzed by University of uh, uh, Chicago. Uh, we have that analysis. Uh, we have an, uh, other uh, studies have been done. And uh, very recently, um, as a matter of fact, I took the, uh, the piece to a university uh, here in Canada uh, just to verify that it still is radioactive after all these years, do I really want it uh, to be uh, somewhere in my in my study? And uh, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, still radioactive. To do a proper um, spectral analysis of the radiation uh, would take a few weeks, and uh, I'm hesitant to let it out of my sight because everything else has disappeared. I would assume it would be a little more trustworthy at a university, but you never know. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it without conferring with Stan, and we're still debating all of that. Incidentally, we were talking about uh, the follow-up and the men in black and things like that. When we went to uh, our book launch uh, just uh, uh, a matter of days ago, after we had given our presentation, we're signing copies of the book, um, this very, very tall uh, elderly gentleman uh, comes up and uh, he has a copy of the book and uh, uh, he says, uh, yeah, can you sign this for me? I said, sure. And uh, he turns to Stan Mahalik and he says, it's a good book, or it looks like a good book, but you spelled my name wrong. And we look up at him, and he is actually, he was one of the original uh, RCMP investigators on the case 50 years ago, well into his 80s, um, still alive. He, as we're sitting there, he pulls out photographs that he himself had taken out at the site 50 years ago. And uh, he says, you know, I investigated this case thoroughly. And in my report, as, and I alluded to it earlier in, the, in our broadcast tonight, that uh, uh, he couldn't explain this case. He personally interviewed, interrogated, not just interviewed, interrogated Mr. Mahalik 50 years ago. And in his opinion... Mr. Mahalik was telling the truth about what he had seen. Okay, so if we go with this then, if we say, all right, so Mahalik had an experience where some sort of alien craft was seen, and he was assuming perhaps it was some sort of craft that was produced by the military in the United States, but we've seen no craft like that that can perform like that at any rate. I mean, there was the Avro Aero car, but we know how well that worked. I mean, bumper cars at, a, at the kids' fair work better than that thing. So, I mean, where did this thing come from then, Chris? Do you exactly. Think? That's the mystery, and you're absolutely right. There was nothing on the on the books or anything flying. One would think that if this thing was, a, you know, was let's say a prototype, uh, and there was one that was flying that didn't land for repairs that one would see some evidence uh, in the history of avionics that would suggest that something like this was going on. Uh, Palmiro Campagna, uh, who um, looked through the Canadian uh, UFO files in great detail, in his opinion, this was some sort of American craft. Um, although, again, the, the thing is, you, the, you don't have the provenance that suggests that this actually was produced in any way. And, you know, this was only a matter of uh, a, a year or and a little bit before uh, Apollo landed on the moon. And, you know, if you had one of these things flying around, why would you even bother with Apollo? So it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, Randall, you're the one who mentioned alien. I, we're still not talking alien. I, I don't see that this case proves in any way that aliens are flying around in Earth's environment. 
Mr. Mihalik never said that that it was alien in any way. He still talked in terms of a prosaic craft. The problem is saying that it's one of ours doesn't make any sense either. So, uh, you know, the question is, what was it? And that's why it's a mystery. And um, uh, that's why we sort of, one of the reasons we produced the book was to lay all the facts on the table once and for all from all aspects, the, the human side, the physical side, the documents, what we experienced, what Mr. Mihalik experienced. Um, it's really a mystery. It's it's uh, like a detective novel that uh, doesn't have an ending right now, but maybe with time, who knows? Uh, in fact, there was a, a news report that just came out, I'm not sure you saw this, Randall, that uh, somebody has found that the Canadian government has uh, something like 100,000 or 200,000 documents, secret documents that remain classified despite the fact that the archives have unclassified so many and so many of the Mihalik documents for example were unclassified eventually but uh, apparently the um, communications security establishment has hundreds of thousands of documents the Privy Council has hundreds of thousands of documents they do exist and they're on all kinds of topics that are too sensitive at this point to uh, to release that was then this this was just over the past uh, a uh, day or so that this came to light. So maybe there's some interesting documents. We know, for example, that the original drawing that Mr. Mihalik produced, the sketch that most people probably have seen in one form or another, uh, vanished. We don't know what happened to it. Um, uh, it was supposedly, uh, uh, I mean, it was given to the RCMP and RCAF, but was never returned. And then when they went looking through their file, they are unable to find it. Another interesting aspect of this particular case is that this case actually was raised in the Canadian Parliament. It was debated in the House of Commons. Um, this would be the equivalent of uh, talking about a UFO case in Congress. Uh, how often does that happen? Um, and we have the records from uh, the House of Commons debates, the Hansard, uh, where this was raised not just once but a couple of times. In fact, the Prime Minister... Uh, Pearson at the time uh, had the uh, file on his desk and admitted such to uh, one of the members of parliament who had inquired about the case. Uh, why would a prime minister have this particular case on his desk? It, again, to me, this shows that this particular case is highly significant. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, you know how to resolve the, the, the ending. <laughs> Uh, you know, we don't can't prove that it's alien, but we can't prove that it was uh, some sort of American uh, man-made craft either. It's, well, I think uh, what what we need to do there, uh, Chris, is in terms of ufology, when we're looking at something alien, that doesn't necessitate something extraterrestrial or interstellar. What we mean by alien is simply beyond the constructs of our known civilization. So, I mean, it's while it might be something that is from a highly classified military project of some kind that doesn't really count as in my mind as something alien but maybe something uh like bosley's uh, parallel civilization or parallel society that would so it could still be terrestrial and alien that, that's a good point I, I guess the reason why i'm reticent about talking about alien uh ships and things like that is that most people uh associate uh 
uh, alien uh, craft with uh, saucers and traveling between stars and things like that. And you know the the you know the the meme is pretty solid. So uh, so I, we're just being very very careful here that uh, the terminology uh, is very being very specific. I want to go back to one thing about your description early on. I haven't had a chance. You were mentioning Chris that he heard the this speech, high pitched speech, which kind of sounds to me like the humorous version of Little Tiny Green Men. You know, you ever see cartoons of little green men, and they always Mm -hmm. talk like they had inhaled helium. Yeah, or maybe the late David Seville of the Chipmunks fame, right, was doing these voices at high speed. So that's what hit me. You know, why would that be unless they feed these people helium before he heard them? It's just a strange, strange aspect of this. We have more strange stuff from Chris Rutkowski and J. Randall Murphy and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. (laughs) Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Yesterday, I got a call from the IRS. They say I owe them over $16,000. I don't have that kind of money. Don't try to fight the IRS on your own. Use Coast One Financial Group and let them help you get a fresh start. If you owe at least $10,000 in back taxes, call now for a free and confidential tax debt analysis. Call Coast One now for a free consultation at 800-643-4661 now. 800-643-4661. That's 800-643-4661. Message and data rates may apply. 
When did American men get so soft? Today's average red-blooded American man has less testosterone than his father, and his father has less testosterone than his father. Before we turn into a country of powder puffs, Force Factor is launching the Man Up America event. We want to send every man in America a complimentary bottle of the breakout supplement taking GNC by storm. Test X-180 Ignite, loaded with free testosterone-boosting manliness. Get your complimentary bottle by texting ACTIVE55 to 3693. During workouts, Test X-180 Ignite raises levels of free testosterone in your body to help build lean muscle. Plus, it helps burn fat, fuel sexual desire, and improve performance. Now you can continue to feel like the real men that made this country great. Do yourself a favor. Do America a favor. Text ACTIVE55 to 369369 for your complimentary bottle. That's a complimentary bottle by texting ACTIVE55 to 369369. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Chris Rutkowski, what do you think about that? That is something that just hit me as soon as you said it about the voices of these things well yeah it's i mean it's very strange um people uh, had been trying to reproduce things for him uh uh for mr maholic after that fact uh, uh to say you know did it sound like this did it sound like this and the closest that he could get to it was um from somebody played a tape recorder um at high speed so you know the, the voices are all sped up like that and when they played that for him, uh, he said that sounded very much like like what the, the voices sounded like. So maybe somebody was in there playing a tape recorder at high speed to get some information or test something. Absolutely. That makes as much sense as anything else. <laughs> I suppose we could speculate. Well, I'll tell you what. The pilot's be- name, the pilot of the spacecraft or whatever it was, was Ross Bagdasarian, who, of course, that's the real name for David Seville. He was a secret <laughs> yeah. government operative. Before the chipmunks arrived. Absolutely. The, the other thing we can do is point out that 1967 was an amazing year uh, in ufology, all things considered. I mean, that was the same year we mentioned Shag Harbor. That was uh, in uh, early October of 1967, a little bit later. Um, and I alluded to um, the, uh, the crop circles that were found in Canada in uh, uh, a little bit later on. It's very curious that um, in August of 1967 in Duhamel, Alberta, seven circular rings uh, were found in the in the fields out there, 30 feet uh, in diameter. So oddly enough, very similar in in size to the Mihalik uh, object. 
Uh, each ring was about six uh, or, or eight inches wide. And military investigators were sent to the site. The Royal Canadian Air Force and the RCMP were once again involved. Um, and uh, they produced uh, a, a report on what they found. In fact, this is very interesting that you know the uh, military, Canadian military, investigated crop circles. And there was no object seen, but it was considered... Uh, related to UFOs, in fact, their report, which has been unclassified, is titled On-Site Inspection of Reputed UFO Landing Marks at Duhamel, Alberta. And um, this was studied in, in great detail. And what is really amazing is that um, there was a ministerial inquiry um, into this particular case. We have the document that labels the investigation of this a ministerial inquiry uh, because it was taken very, very seriously by the Royal Canadian Air Force. And who do you think was the Minister of Defense for Canada at that time? One guess. Hellier? Paul Hellier himself. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, I was right. You were creating yeah. the proper vibe, yes. Just before we go on, trivia, because I mentioned the Chipmunks and Ross Bagdasarian. He also wrote a song that was sung by Rosemary Clooney. Of course, that's George Clooney's aunt, called Come On of My House, which was a hit record in the early 50s. If anyone remembers it. Come on to my house. Yeah, that was, that was David Seville. That was the yeah. guy who created the Chipmunks and the Witch Doctor. Same guy. That's obscure trivia for me. I, uh, <laughs> well, believe me, I get more obscure as the show goes on. Let's get back to Falcon Lake. And I'll get even uh, get another trivia. Uh, June 3rd of 1967, uh, so uh, just a matter of a, a couple of weeks after the Falcon Lake case, um, something else happened that was very significant in Canada. The St. Paul UFO landing pad. Uh, opened in Alberta. Come on, Randall. This is all your. This is all your stuff here. It was dedicated June third, nineteen sixty-seven. The Minister of Defense, Paul Hellyer himself, cut the ribbon to officially open the UFO landing pad in Saint Paul, Alberta, which still exists today, and as a matter of fact, has been augmented. Uh, they now have a UFO-shaped museum in which the Center for UFO Studies uh, UFO display with uh, artifacts and so forth is in there. And the St. Paul Alberta still has a uh, toll-free UFO uh, report number. So, now, also on June 3rd, 1967, yeah. Respect from Aretha Franklin became the number one record. <laughs> and Anderson Cooper of CNN was born. Uh-oh. World's Fair or something in 67, too, I think. Man and His World opened in 1967 in Montreal, which featured, would you believe, a UFO mannequin on a, you know, on a platform as if it had been recovered from a crash site. And that uh, photos of, of that particular display have been produced in a number of UFO books having to do with the alien autopsy. So I wonder if the popularity of that uh, particular display might have impacted on people's imaginations to some degree. Absolutely, yeah. And again, this is 1967. It's very remarkable. 1967. What was I doing in 1967? I think I was putting blocks on top of one another or something. I can't remember. Wait, wait, wait. 1967. What came out? Oh. Ah, 
It was 20 years ago today, Sgt. Pepper planned to play. <laughs> Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which came out like a few days earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's, so that's inter- when that's I was. right. It was introduced on June 1st, 1967. And I got the copy of the record on May 31st. So there. So let's see. We have the Beatles. We have Alien Autopsies, uh, Alien Bodies. We have Anderson Cooper. You have to include Anderson Cooper in that. Rosemary Clooney and uh, Crop Circles. I don't know where Rosemary Uh, Clooney got into this, except that the guy who did the Chipmunks wrote a song for her. Of course, Star Trek was on then, the original. Star Trek as well. So the, I'd have to say that uh, the uh, the stars aligned at the very least, uh, and uh, this is what fell out. And I was working in Tuscumbia, Alabama, at a country western radio station, just a few miles away from the famous Muscle Shoals Sound Studios. Wow. DJ in country? Yeah, for a while. <laughs> Before I got into news, and that started at the next station because somebody said, oh, this guy Steinberg can put two words together and make them coherent. Why don't you write the ads too? I said, will you give me extra money? And that took a kind of debate. You know, in those days, you know, getting very little money. Yeah. I was just uh, nine or 10 years old, and I was living um, about uh, two blocks away from where the Mahalics were living, and I happened to know Stan Mahalik personally because we used to ride our bikes together and we're in the same school together. Uh, and I distinctly recall now that uh, I went over to ride my bike uh, or ride our bikes with him. I rode my bike over to his place and I said, hey, let's let's go riding. And he says, I can't today. Something happened to my dad. And I said, okay, whatever. We didn't go bike riding that day and I, we eventually lost touch for a few years. It wasn't until the mid-1970s when I was... Uh, uh, investigating, starting to do a serious investigations of UFOs and doing uh, some studies that I thought, you know, I should really catalog the Manitoba cases and what a better place to start than go back to my friends, uh, the Mihalics. We've got Chris and Gene and Randall. And you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Winston Churchill said, never let a good crisis go to waste. But how do you know when a good crisis happens? With MarketVulture.com. Get real-time alerts and stay informed as we alert you when bad things occur in the market, in the news, and in hot spots around the world. Then we tell you where to look for opportunity. Try Market Vulture now with a seven-day free trial. Don't worry. Zero risk. One-click cancel anytime you want. MarketVulture.com. Seize the opportunity. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. 
Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves, home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. An interesting sidelight here from Chris Rutkowski that Stan was his childhood friend. Yeah. Lost touch and with the- him. How, what's your age difference? Uh, well, we're almost the same age, my, myself and Stan Mahalik. This is interesting. You know, it gives it you kind of a personal connection. But also, I think there are two ways to look at that. Number one is maybe the friendship colors your perception of what happened. Well, of course, my friend couldn't be part of a hoax. Or it allows you to have a closer look at this and get a better insight. Well, what it did allow me to do is that when I started taking another look, at, I, I reopened the case, basically, uh, in the 1970s. Um, and the Mihalics, because of the family connection and uh, because we were friends, uh, Stan and I were friends, our, our parents were friends, and uh, there had been some connection there over the years, 
Um, so they allowed me into their inner circle, so I had access to talk to them. So if I had a question about the case, I would just drop by and they would allow me into their living room and spend some time talking with them. And when so that when certain media were you know wanted to uh, contact them, uh, I would fly it by them and uh, see if they were interested. When uh, Alan Hynek wanted to talk to Mr. Mahalik, uh, uh, I facilitated that. And yeah, I suppose one could argue that it it colored my perception in some ways, but I still remain a, a skeptic in in a lot of ways with regard to this case. I again, I don't. I, I'm puzzled. I, I have all the evidence that one could possibly want from any particular UFO case. You know, we've got ground traces, we've got medical records, the injuries, the witness, the location. Uh, the, we still have some of the materials, the extent to which this was in, investigated and studied is something you don't really find in, in very many cases at all. I could uh, see, so, though, Chris, how, you know, how a skeptic could wrestle all this down still. But one of the things I'd like to point out to our listeners, uh, and especially people who ne- aren't necessarily that familiar with ufology, is that, Chris, I've followed your work for pretty much as long as you've been doing it. And I have to say that you're one of the most level-headed, well-spoken people in the field. And I would trust that if you knew these people for that long and you've come to the conclusion yourself that something real happened, I'd be prepared to take your word for it. Because I do think that you have a very good reputation in the field in that regard. Well, I, I, uh, I value that. Uh, thank you very much, Randall. Um, I mean, uh, I know that in ufology... Uh, if you talk to people like Tim Prenti and uh, Robert Schaefer uh, on the debunker's side, they think I'm far too much of a believer. In fact, Tim Prenti really takes apart my uh, Canadian UFO survey every year and dissects it uh, ruthlessly. So they they don't consider me much of a uh, of a skeptic at all. Yet in the general ufological community, uh, I'm viewed as a as a bit of a skeptic and a debunker because I I do go to great pains to uh, try and explain uh, cases. Uh, uh, I know that there's a, a, a UFO meetup uh, here in Winnipeg, and uh, uh, some of them won't even talk to me because they they say I, I simply don't believe some of their stories. No, I've um, been in, I've been in the same boat too, Chris. And, and <laughs> of course, I know uh, Printy, and and I'm on their mailing list. And actually, I think we need people like that in the field as much as we need believers. And I actually find uh, their uh, publications fairly good. Sometimes they'll come up with some really good information and then we go, yeah, it's a good thing somebody else dug that up before I got out there and said, well, here's one of the better cases. So we need people like that. I mean, you've already admitted, sure, this could be a hoax, but you've known these people for a long time. And I think that's one of the things that changed Hynek over the years. I mean, he started with the swamp gas thing. But after talking to enough people in person, having real-life experience in the field and looking at a number of cases, well, you know what happened. He, he said, okay, there's something to it, and started QFOs. Well, you know, one thing we should mention about Hynek, with the swamp gas explanation, I think he was kind of railroaded into coming up with a snap response. Yeah, he said it. He was set up, no question. In fact, in his book, Hynek UFO Report, he describes what happened. Oh, absolutely. Although he does also admit to being a skeptic and thinking that it would be solved pretty quickly, case of post-war nerves, I think, to quote him. And he found out from his own investigations in his own time as a scientist and a well-accredited scientist, too, that there's a lot more to the phenomena 
than simply writing it off as somebody who had a few too many beers and fell into the campfire. The last time I talked to Dr. Heinick, I interviewed him a few years before he died. And he was getting into 4D UFOs, or 3.5D, kind of like Jim Mosley did. He was seeing more than just, oh, this just isn't quite spaceships, or maybe it is, but there's more involved. He was mm-hmm. seeing a much wider picture. And I can tell you that from my conversation. Chris, did you talk to Dr. Heineck at all? Oh, many times. Many, many times. He so came you up see what to, I mean? Yeah, he came up to Winnipeg a number of times. And uh, in fact, he wanted to create a, a Canadian chapter of uh, QFOS up here and uh, uh, was working with me on that. Uh, and he had uh, come up for the 1979 eclipse, uh, the solar eclipse. And he came up with Mimi and uh, his kids, and uh, we had a, a great time. And there's a, uh, one particular memory that I have is where we were sitting uh, at the lodge um, up in uh, northern Manitoba waiting for the, uh, the eclipse that was going to the next day. Uh, we were just having some conversation about things. We were looking out the window across the, uh, the snow-covered plains, and uh, he just stopped for a minute, and he said, You know, Chris, a saucer could land outside our window right now, and because of who we are, no one would believe us at all. <laughs> <laughs> By the and, way, I just noticed here, he was in Scottsdale, Arizona when he died. I had forgotten that. And uh, curiously enough, I had encountered Heineck before I was involved in the UFO uh, research to a certain degree, because... Um, my background's in astronomy. I was you know, fascinated with uh, lunar research, and I was doing studies on what was then called uh, transient lunar phenomena. These are lights and, and glows and things that are observed on the moon. It turns out that there had been an earlier study of transient lunar phenomena by uh, someone at an observatory in Arizona, as a matter of fact, I think, or, or New Mexico, Coralitos Observatory, wherever Coralitos is. And the director of that project was none other than Joseph Allen Hynek. Um, so I, I knew him by reputation in astronomy before the, the UFO uh, <laughs> connection. And uh, we had a lot to talk about. Interesting thing here about Dr. Heineck. His son, Joel Heineck, is a visual effects supervisor who won a Best Visual Effects Oscar for his work on a film called What Dreams May Come. Mm, Fascinating. That I didn't know. It was an interesting family. And and when Alan came up to Canada for the 1979 eclipse, he brought with him a set of binocular, no, he had a binocular camera. Uh, or stereo camera, uh, rather, uh, which was very fascinating, and we had some uh, some great photos that were uh, taken from uh, taken using that. Uh, incidentally, your listeners should should know that coming up uh, just in a matter of months, August uh, the twentieth, is the great solar eclipse of twenty seventeen across the uh, the American Midwest. Uh, I know that uh, solar eclipse tours are all sold out now. Although uh, I think there's a few spots here and there, and that uh, uh, I'm going to be heading down, uh, probably down into uh, uh, either Kansas or Nebraska for uh, some UFO, uh, sorry, not UFO observing, but some solar eclipse observing uh, during that time. And it's that's a great way to to get in some personal astronomy. You don't need equipment; you need some decent uh, eclipse glasses to protect your eyes. But this is taking part of a a major astronomical event that's going right through the United States and uh, something that everybody should take in. 
That was my astronomy hat that was on. While you were talking, I was looking here at Joel Hynek's credentials. He did a Die Hard movie, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone, really bad. Lady Hawk, I really like that movie. He did Lady Hawk special effects. Also did Eraser. You are erased. Okay, Gene. Here's the here's one with a TV show that's on right now. I'll tell you what. Let's do it our next segment. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Breaking news. Can you keep up with it? Does it affect you financially? Yes, you can keep up if you have MarketVulture.com. MarketVulture levels the playing field by providing the same type of service that hedge funds, Wall Street traders, security firms, and government agencies use, but not for thousands of dollars. Try MarketVulture now with a seven-day free trial. Don't worry. Zero risk. One-click cancel anytime you want. MarketVulture.com. Seize the opportunity. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. We've helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how we can work for you. 800-912-6177. That's 800-912-6177. Again, 800-912-6177. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
rotation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. This all started because I was just looking up the bio of Dr. Hynek and therefore his son. Joel Hynek is a visual effects supervisor. That's all. And you were going to say something, Chris. Well, yeah, speaking of some uh, visual effects and TV and movies... Uh, Twin Peaks is uh, back on television. What's the name of the character in Twin Peaks who is the Project Blue Book investigator? I can I can hear Gene now googling as as we're talking. I have to. About. I never watched the show. You never watched the show? Twin Peaks. Me neither. I not no. Oh, I don't even know what it's about. <laughs> One of the characters is actually a, was actually a Project Blue Book investigator. That's uh, that's an interesting connection there. And of course, X Files is coming back. There's a lot of UFO connection. Fargo had a, uh, the, it was the second season of, of the Fargo TV show, had a, a UFO connection. It's interesting that, you know, we've gone through some revivals. And if you put aside the, you know, the UFO hunters kind of uh, shows, uh, a lot of other programs seem to inject some UFO and alien content uh, as well. And it's interesting that that's, that's coming around again. Okay, new show from Robert Zemeckis. You know, Back to the Future and Forrest Gump called Blue Book on the History Channel. It's based on the Blue Book investigation in the 50s and 60s. That could be good if it's done right, but it has to be done right. I mean, it's going to be fiction. What it's going to be is a college professor recruited by the Air Force to lead investigations, and they cover the sightings they investigated. Hmm. I don't know how far they're going to go because it's going to be a sci-fi story. So I don't know what they're going to present. I know Jack Webb, the guy from Dragnet, did a show about UFOs a long time ago. What was it? It was Project UFO, and it was terrible. It was. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, it ran, uh, I think it was only one season. It, oh, yeah, well, maybe, yeah, I'm fairly sure it only went one season. But it was interesting that it, it predated X-Files. It had, uh, you know, a couple of military types sitting around uh, their offices, and the call would come in about a UFO, and they would dash off across the country to investigate and of course it never really went like that every ufo they investigated was always conventional i remember that they never ever saw a ufo that was unknown they always found the answer but they ran it like a police procedural which of course is what jack webb was famous for 
Mm-hmm. And you know, I, there's another interesting connection here with uh, 1967 and the, uh, the the Falcon Lake case. There's another case in uh, August of 1967 in Rivers, Manitoba, where six witnesses separated um, in location. Three of them were military personnel, and uh, there were corporals and leading airmen and so forth, plus some civilians. There are a number of witnesses. Two in particular were interesting. Uh, there was a a soldier and his girlfriend driving along, and a UFO flew overhead. And again, very similar to Cash Landrum, it flew right over the car. Um, there was some heat that was felt, and the uh, car actually was eventually impounded by the uh, the military at a military base. Uh, we have a report from the military base that the uh, the motor pool took a look at the car and found there was some bubbling on the paint, um, and that there was some unusual dust that they hadn't seen before, um, that was on top of the car. Uh, and, and very interesting report. But what's curious is that uh, there's some handwritten annotations on the official government documents about this particular case that talked about a team that was dispatched to investigate. The team consisted of uh, a number of people, including the investigator, the military investigator of the Falcon Lake case, that were dispatched from Winnipeg in the middle of the night to travel to Rivers, Manitoba, which was a four-hour, five-hour ride or something like that, so they could begin their investigation. So we actually do have documentation of what essentially was a Blue Book or an X-Files uh, team that was in place in Canada in the United uh, in 1967 um, that was uh, dispatched to a number of locations. So if such a team existed in Canada... Obviously, some sort of team or several teams must have existed in the United States. We have the documentation. So what really happened? Well, obviously, there's stuff that has gone on on both sides of the border. And what we know that we had cooperation with the military up here. We had the dew line. Once in a while, I remember hearing a report about UFOs being reported by radar people in the military on the way back when I was a kid. Some weird thing came flying across Canada at 20,000 miles an hour, and they didn't figure it was a meteor. I mean, I don't know how true those stories are. You hear things on the radio, but we do know that they cooperated with the military. And then we have the Project Magnet memo, which I'm sure you're familiar with as well, where we had some cooperation going on with them as well. Absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, the many military bases in uh, Canada were run by the United States. Goose Bay, for example, uh, operated for many, many years. It was set up by the Americans. and We continually get some reports. In fact, as I've mentioned before, I, I still get uh, official reports coming through uh, uh, official channels, military channels and, and uh, police channels and so forth regarding cases that uh, that are being reported. And, and uh, I remember getting at least uh, a couple of cases reported from or that were seen by uh, American military uh, operating in Canada. So we, even though Blue Book is shut down, we do know that uh, the cases are still being reported and uh, funneled in some other directions. Has anything more happened with the Fox Lake case because we heard the skeptics were saying it was a re-entering russian probe or something but then uh, how does that explain someone who says well the, the thing stopped over the lake and was hovering there and was shining beams down into the water um what do you think yeah. of that case 
Well, you know, Martin Jacek, who uh, uh, investigated that in great detail, and, and there's a, a fellow who really, uh, if there was somebody who deserved researcher, UFO researcher of the year, it has to be somebody like Martin, who, you know, spent months investigating this one particular case, traveling up and down, talking to, to witnesses one by one, and eventually building cases and producing reports on it. He tracked down more than 35 witnesses to this particular case, all independent, who had never conferred with one another. And there's no question that uh, Oberg and Printy and, and a few others, um, uh, what's his name, Molzak, I think, was the fellow, uh, was the debunker who came up with the, uh, the satellite re-entry or the rocket uh, re-entry. There's no question that there was a re-entering chunk of debris, uh, not just a chunk, but a major chunk of debris, at that exact time, at that exact location. Sure, it would certainly explain some of the observations. A couple of the observations, though, don't jive for me at all, and that, that was uh, the ones by uh, two uh, cousins. One was driving in a truck, the other in a car, and they were about a, uh, a mile or two apart. And the one in the lead uh, had seen this object, stopped, and got out and watched this thing move right over his car, and he saw it from underneath, whereas his other cousin stopped a mile away and he saw it at a very oblique angle as it moved over the uh, his cousin's car. That wouldn't happen if it was strictly a, a rocket reentry. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. I mean, we had other. There was other ones. This may have been the same one where, as it went over, it blocked out the stars. And because up there, I mean, the stars are incredible at night out in the middle of nowhere on the road. You're going to be able to see. It's going to be covered with stars, so it would be totally obvious. So, uh, obviously, some of these cases, yeah, there are some good explanations of other things, but it doesn't explain everything. You know, there's no question we still have a mystery. This particular case since 1967, one of the best on record. It just makes you wonder what's going on. So, Chris Rutkowski, where can we find more of your stuff? The, uh, my blog is uforum.blogspot.com. Dot com. Our most recent book, When They Appeared, is just out and available uh, online at mcnallyrobinson.com, and I'm sure the links will be available on uh, the website. Randall, I forgot last time to mention your UFO organization. You can take a couple of seconds to tell people where to find it. Sure. We have the Ufology Society International. That's at ufopages.com. Membership is free for a lifetime. Anyone can sign up so long as you have a genuine and constructive interest in the subject. You can find us on Twitter. Look for The Paracast. Look for two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Look for The Paracast Plus, where we offer lots of goodies like the After The Paracast podcast, the commercial-free version of this show, more exclusive content with videos, too, and some show transcripts. Check plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com theparacast.com to learn simple sign-up instructions. Prices start at just $1.49. Cheap. Thank you, Randall, for being our guest co-host again. Chris Rutkowski, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Great to see you both. Great to be here. Excellent. Thanks. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.